the last time we were talking about uh, religion and how we kind of like, uh, you know, come into this religious mindset and we use a lot of biblical jargon and we think that, you know, everybody uh, in the world is like separated into these castes and races and, you know, creeds and, and that's the way we generally tend to see people, right? We always uh, see people through this division of uh, race and culture and ethnicity or skin color and and God didn't design that kind of a division, right? God never designed a, a division in mankind. Everybody is the same, made in his image and likeness. I'm not talking about physical body. I'm not talking about physical appearance. God didn't say, you know, it's like man has two eyes, two feet. And, you know, it's like that is how I look. So I'm going to make man like that. That's not what he was talking about. It's not as if God has two hands and two feet and, you know, he's sitting up in heaven with eyes and ears and a nose. He's talking about the image and likeness in terms of manifested representation. In other words, I will make a manifested representation of who I am. And that's going to be man, right? So we are exactly as God is by nature, by design, by heart, by mindset, by conscience. And, and basically the essence of who we are is him. He's manifested himself as us, right? Now, so that's what we discussed the last time. And today I want to talk about how we as Christians have, you know, come into this mindset of, uh, you know, using the Bible as the sort of framework that we have, which is a good thing. Yeah, because the Bible is an amazing framework. It's an amazing book. And it kickstarted our journey on who we are as, you know, in, in, in the Father. In Jesus, what Jesus did for us, the beginning of humanity to where we are today, right? So it gives us an idea. It gives us a sense of uh, direction. It gives us a foundation, but we are not supposed to be confined into that framework of what the Bible says. Now, let me elaborate. Don't just, you know, fly off the handle and say, oh, you know, he's talking about the Bible and stuff like that. When we read the Bible, we need to understand that the Bible was put together, it's called a Bible in terms of a, uh, loosely or literally translated a collection of books, right? Who uh, brought, who collected all these books together? Who brought all these books together and called it the Bible? It's the Nicene Council that was just a few years before uh, Rome declared Christianity as the, as their religion, as a governmental religion, as an official religion of the world, of the known world, known civilized world at that time. So when we talk about the Bible as a collection of books, we are actually talking about, you know, things that are written in the Bible according to man's perception, okay, according to man's revelation, and according to how man saw and interacted with God, right? It is not talking about this is God himself. God is the Bible, right? For example, a lot of people say this is the word of God. Now, it when you actually come to think of it, how can you say this is the word of God? As in God's words are written in the Bible, yes. What God said and what he spoke and what he did is written in the Bible, 100%, doubtless, guaranteed. But to say that this is the word of God, even the Bible does not say or claim that it is the word of God. Even the Bible does not claim that it has any resemblance physically or spiritually to the word of God. Who is the word of God? Right? 
we know and the word became flesh and dwelt among us so god's word became manifested to us yeah as the christ okay he is the word now when we say that this is the word of god firstly that word when when we are translating the bible and we say okay you know it says and the word of god shall you know uh, shall not depart from your mouth right or you know uh, this is the word of god that word translated word in the in the greek is called logos now there are two words that are translated in, into the english for us one is logos and one is rhema okay when it says logos it is talking about the written word in other words the word written down penned down that is logos so wherever you find a reference to and the word right word as in the spoken word the word logos it is talking about the word of god that god spoke directly and a person interpreted and that word became manifested that word was written down as the logos now what is the rhema the rhema is when that word became a reality that is the rhema the manifested word the word that literally manifested into reality is the rhema word right but the bible never says okay that the word the written word is god himself i mean that will that will be a little you know redundant why because it's like moses saying and moses was the meekest man on the face of the earth who wrote that right if you read in the in the in the torah in the pentateuch moses writes of himself in the pentateuch moses was the meekest man on the face of the earth and we read that it's like wow wow moses was the meekest man and who wrote that he wrote it himself where did he get that from <laughs> i don't know but the point is that the bible cannot claim to be the word of god in itself and prove itself to be authentic in that sense right so when we are talking about the bible the written word we are talking about only what god spoke that was supposed to come into manifestation we need to understand that when we are talking about scripture when we are talking about what god spoke and what he did and everything that was given to us as scripture okay like what what did i discuss as scripture the last time i was sharing about scripture right scripture is everything that god said that was written down for us everything that god did that was recorded for us that is scripture in other words god declared it to a prophet in other words this is what i'm going to do on the earth or this is what i want you to do for your life or this is what i want you to do for israel or this is what i'm going to bring to pass right that was scripture in other words god said what he was going to do god did it for a person god helped a person god you know blessed a person whatever it is god's involvement particularly in a certain person's life that manifested is scripture given to us not everything written in the bible is scripture so we can't really say we need discernment and the holy spirit is there to give us that discernment of what is scripture and what is not scripture so we can't just quote scripture you know, like whimsically and say yeah this is what god says it's in the bible so it has to be you know it has to be true like i shared the last time also lot's wife looked back at uh, the destruction of um, uh, sodom and gomorrah and uh, she turned into a pillar of salt right that's not god's doing god didn't turn her into a pillar of salt right god didn't tell her to look back that's not the word that's not that's not scripture i'm sorry that's not scripture right or uh, yeah, even uh, what's his name job job's wife job's wife who uh, said curse god and live or curse god and die something like that telling job to curse god right you think that is scripture something that god you know 
purposefully executed doesn't make sense right so we need to be very clear about how we see scripture because we have come from a background of the church that framework that we have of a church background and theology and doctrine and stuff like that has bound us into this box where we think we can't think outside the bible we can't think outside of scripture because what we do is the moment you hear some let's say for example you 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 tell god like you know speak to me i want to know what you're saying i want to hear you and god says something he says something to you from his heart but you're like uh, uh, where is this in the bible and god is like you know i you can't contain me in a book right i'm god so when we tend to confine god within a certain book and say this is god this only this is god right it it put creates a kind of a bondage in our own mind it doesn't allow god to do very much because now the entire christian life is bound and confined to that one book the bible is a foundation it is just a stepping stone for us to get out of this place and to really explore heaven when you come to jesus the bible is an awesome because it gives us an idea of who jesus is what he did where he came from what he spoke what he preached how he did things and that gives us the foundation of how we are supposed to live it motivates us on what the what it is to be a son of god what it is to be the father that's that's the bible for us so when we when we come to jesus yeah and we we understand that okay fine you know it's like now i know who jesus is now i know who the father is i want to get to know him more we are supposed to open ourselves up to him in a, in a personal relationship that is how we grow that is how we expand our mind expand our heart right we fall into uh, this thing called you know doctrine right what is doctrine there are so many uh, you know so many churches okay now i'm saying churches because it's like we're all stuck in this church mode right the moment we start seeing god for who he is all these little you know uh, frameworks start breaking uh, breaking off doctrines are basically this is what a church believes this is what we believe this is who jesus is everybody says that but how come there are so many different churches with so many different doctrines all taken from one book any idea you know how many churches are there in the world with so many i mean the number of doctrines you can come across is mind boggling they all believe jesus the very core and the very foundation is jesus yes given excellent but in the end why have so many different doctrines when there's supposed to be only one doctrine who is jesus if there is supposed to be a doctrine let me ask you this do you think that the kingdom of heaven has doctrine heaven operates by this doctrine heaven only operates according to this theology this church goes to this part of heaven that church goes to that part of heaven why because there's this doctrine in this part of heaven that theology in that part of heaven and everybody is like you know okay i'm going to go to that section of heaven that's where i'm going to live do you think that do you think it works like that in the kingdom the moment you and i came to know jesus we got translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light we already are in the kingdom 
There is no doctrine in the kingdom. There is no theological seminaries. There's no theology in the kingdom. It doesn't operate like that because heaven is not trying to teach you anything. Heaven is trying to give you identity. The kingdom is trying to give us everything that this world is supposed to receive because when we receive it, the world receives it. The kingdom is trying to manifest itself through our conscience, through us. How can the kingdom say the kingdom? I'm talking when I say kingdom, you have to understand one thing. Okay? The kingdom is not just one small little place in heaven or one little small space in eternity or in the spiritual realm. It is the father himself. It is his mind. It is his heart. It is his reality. That is the kingdom. Jesus, when he preached the kingdom, he said, how shall I reveal the kingdom to you? With what image? With what picture? What painting? What? How can I reveal it to you? With what picture? And then he gives a parable like, you know, it's like the kingdom is like a king and you know, the kingdom is like a you know, peasant and the kingdom is like a guy who has a field. And then he gives all different illustrations of what the kingdom is like because the kingdom is not a place. It's not a space. It's not a geographical location. It's a state of existence. It's the reality in which we live. And his name is the father for, for now. His name is the father. And he doesn't expect us to be, you know, he doesn't expect that we see him as father forever. Father is only for orphans. It's for those who are of this orphan mentality, of orphan mindset who have never been fathered. They need a father. Once they have been fathered and loved and they come into that identity, they outgrow that revelation of father and they move on to a greater reality. You don't need father forever. You need creator then. You need abundance. You need glory. You need so much more. Right? That's why, you know, in John, in uh, 3rd John, he said, now we see him as he is. I was, I was, uh, it's like, now you are sons. Sorry. Now you are sons. But when you see him, you shall be like him. In other words, your sonship is only temporary. You can't keep going on. I'm a son. I'm a son. I'm a son. I'm a son forever. Sons this, sons that. Yeah, great. I mean, to start off with, you're a son. Amen. Because you need a father. It's awesome. But how long are you going to go with that often mindset of I, I need, I'm a son. And, you know, it's like you need to grow out of that place of that. You know, it's like I'm, a, I, I, I mean, often now I've been adopted into God's family as a son. And now he's my father. We grow out of that and we start coming into the creative mindset now. Right? God is not going to spoon feed us forever. He wants us to get out of that place and start seeing him for who he is. The point is that doctrines and theologies. What is doctrine? There are so many doctrines mentioned in the Bible. The doctrines of angels, doctrines of devils and doctrines of this and doctrines of that. Which is the right doctrine? The Bible also says there is sound doctrine. What is sound doctrine? Who's to decide which doctrine is sound? Who's going to set that benchmark of this is sound doctrine? Right? A different church will have a different sound doctrine. Your church will probably have the best doctrine. Why? Because you've not heard the doctrine of the best church. Right? So doctrines can vary. But the point is your relationship is what you need to be founded on. Your relationship with the Father. Right. So uh, when we come to theology, what is theology? Theology is nothing but the study 
of the Bible written in a particular in a, in a particular language. What does that mean? The Bible was written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin Aramaic, right? Three uh, three languages all across. And when you see the three languages translated into English for us, okay, there are different ways in which the the languages were translated to help us understand it. First translation was in Old English, right? And that English was very difficult to understand. So as time went by up until now, people have been translating the Bible into modern English. And to make it more modern and understandable to us who don't speak, you know, uh, thou art the father and thou art old King, old King James version. For us, it has been made into, you know, it's like you are God. Thou art the father, thou art almighty. You are God almighty, right? Simplified English. And while doing that, they have mistranslated a lot of the actual essence of the original Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic. So much so that you can't even recognize the text because obviously, I mean, the, so many, many of the scrolls, they were kind of like, uh, what do you say? They weren't, they weren't uh, found in the best condition. They were found in, you know, with holes in them and patches and they had to join the patches together, find out what could have been written in this section that has been eaten by worms. So they had to kind of decipher that out. And, and that's what's come to us. And theology is nothing but trying to translate that language and make sense of it. Now, it is also supposed to translate and try to understand what was the apostle thinking? What was he thinking when he wrote this? I don't know. How do you know? So there are different theologies, different understandings of how this could be interpreted. All from the language. So essentially, theology is nothing but the study of the language of the Bible, which you cannot be definitive about. You cannot be 100% sure about because if that was true, then there'll be just one theology. If doctrine was correct, if doctrine was necessary, there'll be just one doctrine. The Bible would be absolutely crystal clear. You wouldn't need to interpret anything. You would need to translate anything. It doesn't make sense. Be a little open-minded, okay? Like, like I said the last time, right? Unless we are a little open-minded, these things, like I, like I shared with you, right? I was a Catholic and when I thought, when I heard the truth, for me, it was like, uh, wait a minute, yeah, what you're saying is great, it's awesome, but I'm not supposed to go there. I'm pretty safe where I am, right? That's what I did. And I brought that, and this is the case, I mean, in the entire church world, okay? We bring that mindset into our Christianity. And we are like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, that sounds great, but it's not our doctrine. It sounds great, but it's not what we believe. This sounds amazing, but it's too good to be true. And we have this thing, and we reject the most of what God wants to tell us and God wants to take us to the next level. Uh, and it just goes and we delay our growth. We delay our revelation. I'll guarantee you one thing, 100%. And I can say that only from experience, okay? I'm here today from many years of rejecting everything that I believe today. It just makes sense to me. I rejected everything that I'm telling you today at some point because it didn't sound 
like doctrine. It didn't sound like good theology. And here I am. I believe it today. Why would you want to, you know, push your thing across? I'm not saying Jesus is not Lord. I'm not saying Jesus is uh, uh, Jesus is not God. He's not the Son of God. I'm not saying anything of the sort. This is proven. I've met him. I've spoken to him. He's the Son of God. The point is not that. The point is when God says something, when God says something to you, are you going to be closed-minded because you already have this framework of doctrine and theology that is like a veil in front of your face? It's like veiling your mind. Because God can't change that. God won't change that. God can do anything. I'm sorry. But God won't. He won't because he won't go against your will. He won't go against your heart. You know why? Because you are him. He's given you that free will. Why should he take that away from you? You are him. God doesn't want us to delay this thing, this revelation of who we are, this revelation of identity. He doesn't want us to delay it simply because as far as we are concerned, he wants us to understand our identity. Our identity is who we are. And we are, and this mind, this brain is catching up to that revelation. This is who I am by nature. This is my nature and I need and my nature wants to manifest. My nature wants to create a reality, right? Like I said, the kingdom. What is the kingdom? The kingdom is the father himself. The kingdom is who he is. He is the kingdom. He is the state of existence that we are in. Amen. The Bible is only a stepping stone to sum up. It is only a foundation. It is only the, the, the first level of our identity. We are not supposed to get totally ingrained and sucked into the Bible. It is great. I'm not saying don't read the Bible. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't uh, don't study the Bible. I'm not saying don't uh, you know, listen to messages and preachings. I'm not saying don't uh, study scripture. I'm not saying anything of the sort. By all means, do it. Do it. But don't get stuck in it. Don't get confined to it. Don't get bound by it. Because if that's the only thing you know, then God can't change your mind. God can't speak to you. God can't reveal heaven to you. God can't give you revelation. God can't show himself because you will never believe it. You'll never believe who he is because you're looking through the lens of the Bible. You'll never see him. You'll never meet him. He'll never be able to encourage you. Again, I'm not saying don't read the Bible. I'm not saying the Bible doesn't have the word of God. I'm not saying the Bible does not have scripture. The Bible has scripture. The Bible has the word of God, but it is not the word of God. The word of God is Jesus manifested as the Christ. The word of God is what God spoke to bring us into oneness with who he is. That's the word. The word of God is who the father is to us. Amen.